Hi, everyone. Uh, let's do this. Before we dive into the word, turn to your neighbor, uh, someone sitting next to you, and share with them how your week was. And specifically, share with them three things that you were thankful for this week. So go. It's good to hear that you have a lot of things to be thankful for. Um, no one asked me what I, uh, how my week was. And so I'm going to share with you. You all have to listen to me because no one asked me. Um, I had a great week. <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, to be honest, was I think one of the more stressful weeks I've had in a really long time. Um, obviously, due to a lot of the things that were going on in the church but also because of the things that were going on in our home. Um, And two weeks ago, a lot of the conversations I had at home, at church, over email, with friends, honestly, a lot of it was marked by anger, a little bit of fear, a lot of fear, actually, anxiety of what might happen, Um, a lot of bitterness, and frustration as I saw everything unfold and move at a really, really fast pace. Um, I was really worried for my dad. (laughs) I was, um, so a lot of things, and I think a lot, and so I was just really stressed out. But this week, it was entirely different. And I have, I've been nonstop thankful this whole week. Um, Because this week, My conversations have been marked by the opposite of last week's. My conversations this week at home, at church, with my friends, over text, email, phone call, it's all been marked with a lot of praise and thanksgiving. Because you see, what the enemy intended to use for evil and what the enemy intended to use to break apart the church, I see I saw and I continue to see how God has been taking that and he's been using it for his glory. And in the midst of that, glorifying himself in the midst of the situation, we are being blessed. Pilgrim Church, we are blessed. And so I've just been so thankful um, because God could have just left us alone. But I believe he's been allowing our church to walk through this difficulty Um, in the whole leaving the denomination process. And through that, I believe he's been really awakening our hearts. He's been awakening awakening a lot of us from our slumber. He's been uh, revealing to us that he is very much alive. And he is at work in this church. He is at work in our lives. He's at work in this world. And I've just been so excited by all of this. Um, And so I just, this week, I felt really rich. And one of the things that God made me realize this week as I was um, in worship and in prayer, um, even on Wednesday night um, when we gathered as an EM here, was this. I am so rich. I am richly blessed. 
Because even if everything that I hold dear in this life were to be taken away from me, everything that I know right now in my life were to fall apart, if I have that one thing, if I have Jesus Christ, I am richly blessed. Amen? And so I pray that you would come to know that more and more, that it would convict your hearts more and more. That the one thing you need to pursue in life, forget about everything else, that one thing you need to pursue in life is Jesus Christ. And he has already made himself available for you. And so I realized, like, a lot of the things that I've been worried about, and to be honest, living in this world day by day, a lot of the things become really important to us, like... Mm. What do I, what have I accomplished? How many people am I affecting through my ministry? Am I being effective at all? Uh, how much do I have? Uh, how many friends do I have? Uh, am I making enough money? All these things, am I smart enough? Do people think I'm smart? Do people like me? All these things that we consider to be so important, that we, all these things that we labor so hard to attain, I realize as I approach the throne of God, those things grow very, very dim. They all fade, and one thing remains. And when I come before the Lord like that, only one thing matters. And it's this. Do I know my God? Have I made it a habit in my life to seek after this God? As I stand before this God, am I loving him? And am I trusting in him? Am I seeking after him, pursuing him? And so I pray that that is the heart and attitude with which you listen to the word today. Because he has a word for you. And it's such a gift to be able to listen to his word. It's a gift to be invited into a relationship with him. It's a gift to be able to know him. There's no greater joy is what I'm realizing over and over again this week. There's no greater joy than to know him and to be invited to know more about him. And, I, and there's no greater, greater calling in life than to become more like him. There's no greater pursuit in life than him and being changed by him, reflecting him in everything that I do, and bringing glory to him in and through my life. And that is exactly what Paul urges to do in the beginning of Ephesians chapter 5 as you continue on in the book of Ephesians. He says this, be imitators, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. And I'm sorry, I just got to say this story. I might have shared it already, uh, but when I read this passage, I think of this one story. It's a real life story. It happened to me where I saw this when I was in North Carolina. And most of you know this story, but I just have to say it. I was leading a, a worship night for kindergartners through third graders. So it's very interesting, right? Like I'm trying to lead them. I'm like, let's pray. And then they're all over the place. I say, let's do these motions. And they're kicking each other and doing like jumps off the chair and knocking each other out. And I'm like, no, let's worship. And finally, we hit this one song that all the kids love. And it's a song that's talking about the sacrifice of Christ. And it goes something like this. You gave your life, you lived and died for me, for me. And I don't know, out of nowhere, like in the middle of this chaos with 
kindergartners and second graders and third graders. I felt the presence of God. And, and so I was just praying in my heart. And I opened my eyes, and it just got kind of quiet. And I was like, what is happening? And I learned that when it's quiet with kids, that means they're up to something. And so I opened my eyes in the middle of the song. And do you know what I saw? They were not doing high kicks off the chair. They were not kicking each other. They were closing their eyes, and they were doing this. And then, you know, before I got too excited, I realized I was doing that. And they were simply just looking at me and following. And I was like, well, you know, I'm pretty sure the spirits inside of them are still connecting with the spirits. They are made in the image of God. And so I said, I'm going to seize this moment. I said, let's pray. Let's get on our knees and pray. And so they did. They, they follow directions very well sometimes. And then they were kneeling. And I said, let's pray and let's thank Jesus for what he has done. And so as we were praying, you know, I had my eyes closed and the song, I instructed the teacher volunteer to keep playing the CD. And all of a sudden, I hear some, something really, really strange. And from the front row, I hear, bah, 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 And I was like, what is that? And I said, maybe it's just someone, you know, goofing around. And so I said, let's pray. Let's pray even more. And then it gets louder. Bah, 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 bah. And I thought, what is this? And I opened my eyes, and I'm not going to demonstrate it for you, but she was on her knees. This, um, she, she was at the time a preschooler. So I don't know how old they are, three, four years old. She was on her knees because that's what I told them to do. And she was praying, but she was praying like this. And once in a while, she would open her eyes to see me, and then she would continue. And I was like, I, I don't think that's speaking in tongues. I think she's, she's, you know, she's, she's making those words, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, what is that? And so I went to her mom, and she, it's a pastor's wife. And I said, Tamanim, guess what your daughter did during prayer? It was so funny. She was praying like this. And this Tamanim started laughing. She said, it's because when I pray at home in my room, I kneel and I put my hand over this. Sometimes I put my hand up here and sometimes I do uh, pray in tongues. And I was like, oh my God, what a blessed child. <laughs> she, she's imitating how to pray, right? I mean, not that we should go around faking tongues. You shouldn't do that. You're not two, three or four years old. But for this little girl, praying meant doing that. Because that's what she saw her mom do on a daily basis. And so if you are a parent, I hope and I pray that one of the things you're teaching your child and modeling to your child is how to pray. And this girl learned that from her mom. And that's what happens for, to a child. A child watches his or her parents and this child acts it out because that's what children do. They imitate you, good and bad. And that's what you are. You and I, we are sons and daughters of God. We are children of God. And Paul says, be, therefore, be imitators of your Abba Father. You and I, we were adopted from being orphans, and we were made into sons and daughters of God. Because when we were orphans, the Father looked upon us and said, I'm not going to have it that way. And so he sent his son. His son's body was broken on the cross. The father looked upon Jesus on the cross. The father looked upon his broken body. The father saw his son's precious blood covering you and me. And he saw that our sins were atoned for and we were justified. Our sins were paid for because of what Christ has done. 
And what the moment you believe it in faith, you have become a new creature with a new heart. Your heart is now stirred by new things, the things of God. And you've been born again with a new perspective, with a new purpose in life and a new destination. You and I at that moment become new creatures. Why then does Paul urge us to continue on putting off our old self and to continue on putting on our new self as we learned last week? And why do we still struggle with our heart being stirred by the things that were in our lives before we came to know Christ? And why do we still need to repent? Why do we struggle with these things? Yes, you are a new creature. But that new being, that new person that is now you is inside of the flesh of your old self. And so now we still must contend with our flesh. And so Paul urges us daily, every day, put off your old self and put on your new self. And by doing that, what we're actually doing is we are growing into the new person, our new identity, our new being that is already us. I hope that makes sense. We are simply in that process growing into the new person that God has made us into. And so Paul uses the word walk as he urges us to continue on in growing in our faith, as Paul urges us to continue on to persevere in, in living as a new creation, Paul uses the word walk. He says, do not walk any longer in the way that you used to. Do not walk as the Gentiles do. In fact, I want you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. I want you to walk in love, walk in light, and walk carefully in wisdom. And he uses that word walk to remind us two things. One, that this faith, this relationship with Christ, it's it's an all-encompassing thing. All throughout your life, every part of who you are and every aspect of your life, you are to live out this new person that you are. That means it changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you speak. It changes the way that you see other people and see yourselves and see the world. It changes the way you respond to insults. It changes the way that you react in certain situations. It changes everything about you. It's all-encompassing. But he also says the word walk to remind us of this, that it is a lifelong journey. It's a walk. It's a lifelong walk. And sometimes you walk a little faster and it's easier. And sometimes you grow tired. And it takes a little bit more effort to persevere in that walk. But no matter what the case, whether you were strong today or whether you will be weaker tomorrow, it is a walk that we are called to persevere in. And so I hope that that encourages you, Pilgrim EM. I hope it encourages you, especially if you are struggling in your walk today. Know that you are still a new creature. It's just you're going through a harder time. Persevere in growing into the new person that you are. And so Paul tells us how we might persevere in this and praise the lord he has not left us by ourselves to figure this out paul says this if you want to learn how to become the new creature that you've already become if you want to grow into this new person he says this be filled with the holy spirit 
be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The moment you received Christ in faith, you were given the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. But to receive the Holy Spirit at that moment is just not enough. Because Paul urges us, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so to uh, show you that, I have a demonstration. So I'm going to ask my volunteer to come up to show you what it means to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is really old water, so I'm not going to drink it. I just found it in the office. But Juzok is uh, going to pour this water for me. Uh, so you see, uh, Junsuk poured in water halfway, but it's leaking. Oh, thank you, Junsuk. Thank you. Um, he poured it in water halfway, but now that it is, now it's empty. Now, Junsuk, I need you to come and fill it up again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so we think, ah, so throughout my life, throughout even a day, I'm bombarded by the world, and therefore the spirit in me leaks out. And so every day I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is not how it works. I tricked you. This is not how it works. I showed you this to let you know this is not how this works. Why? Because the moment you receive the Holy Spirit, he has come to dwell. And the Holy Spirit, he is not some mysterious liquid or some emotional feeling that can go in and out like that. The Holy, Holy Spirit, he's a person. He's a person of the Trinity and he has come to stay. So what does it mean to, be keep, to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, when Paul says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, he actually means keep on yielding to the Holy Spirit. Keep on being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because that word fill was really used for, for instance, like this, when it talks about a wind um, of, I don't know what they're called, the mast of a, a sailboat, right? And what that wind does is it... it directs the entire boat this way or that way. If the wind is blowing this way, the boat has to go that way. If the wind goes that way, the boat goes that way. And that's the word that Paul uses when he says, keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is yield to the Spirit. Allow the Spirit to take over and to control you, to direct you, to direct your every step. Keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. Because see, the Holy Spirit is not interested in being your guest. I think a lot of us, we say, Lord Jesus, you are my king. You are the master of my life. I invite you into my heart. Be my Lord. But if you were to look at your life the way that you live Monday through Sunday, it really does look like Jesus or the Holy Spirit is your guest. Because, see, I love my guests. One of the things I love to do is um, I love to invite people to my, to my home. Uh, I can't wait till I get my own place so I can just invite all of you. Not all the time, but a lot of the times, right? I love to have people over. And when I invite you, it means I love you. If I haven't invited you, it's not because I don't love you. It just means I don't have my own place. Don't, don't take it the wrong way. But when I invite someone, it's because, generally, it's because I love you. But you are my guest, and if you stay over, it means I really, really love you, right? And it means you're a woman, right? But I, I, give, you your own, I give you your own room, right? 
And I'll say, hey, this is your room. You can use this bathroom. Here's your towel. But a guest does not come in and say, you know what, Esther, I don't like how you uh, rearrange this. Can I, can I just move this around? Can I move the sofa from here to here? I'd be like, on the outside, I would say, sure. But in my mind, I'm like, you're my guest. I might even stock up the fridge with the things that you like. But I will not let you change the way I operate in my household. A guest is only allowed certain access into the house. And the guest is only allowed certain privileges. But you see, the Holy Spirit is not your guest. He has come to be your master. That means he has access to every part of your life. Every single part of your life, the good and the bad, the the victories and the struggles, every part of it, the Holy Spirit must have control of your entire life because he is now your master. He is not interested in being your guest. And so we yield to the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means what I read in the word, when the, when the word tells me to pray and bless my enemies, that is what I do. And in that, I am saying yes to the Lord. I'm putting off my old self, and I'm saying yes to the Lord, and I'm yielding to him. That is, that is what Paul means when he says, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit dictate every practical aspect of your life. And so those who are being filled by the Holy Spirit, those who are being controlled by the Holy Spirit, what, what happens to us? Well, the word says you gain discernment. You become wise. A lot of you, you guys have the wisdom to pray for wisdom. But you become wise. You begin to know more deeply the Lord's will, what pleases him. And Paul says, this is what you need because the days are evil. It's in, it's in this chapter. It says the days are evil. So we must be wise. We must walk carefully with wisdom. And we must be able to discern what is good and what is evil, what is of God and what is not of God. And this is tough. Because in today's world, the truth of God is not always so obvious Because it has been compromised on so many different levels. And because that is the business of the enemy. The enemy does that so well. If I were to come to you and I, uh, if someone were to say to you, oh, Pastor Esther is uh, five, five, uh, no, I I am not. They would say, oh, Pastor Esther is 510. Who in this room would believe that person? Unless, you know, you couldn't see very well. You would not believe that. 510 is much taller. It's just too obvious. Satan is not dumb. He knows how to get you. He's not going to say, Pastor Esther is 5'10". He's going to come to you and say something like this. Pastor Esther is 4'11". You you would kind of believe that, right? Thank you, Billy. Yeah, you would believe I'm 4'11". The truth is I'm not even close to 4'11". But that's okay. I'm a child of God. I have been freed from that, right? But see... That's what the enemy does. And whether it's an inch away or two or three inches away, it's the same thing. He has twisted the word of God, the truth of God, and he's made you believe that that is truth. That is why you need wisdom today. That is why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can discern what is, what is the truth of God and what is the lie of the enemy. And that is why it says... Wisdom is more precious than gold and silver because it helps you discern the truth that gives you life. 
Because if you follow and build your life upon a lie, even if it's just two inches off, if you build your life upon that lie, your, your path is headed towards destruction. But my prayer for you is that you would have life. So be filled with the Spirit and discern what the Lord's will is and live and build your life upon that. And may you have wisdom to do that. And when you are filled with the Spirit, when you are filled with the wisdom, he helps us to live and use our time wisely. Paul says the days are evil. So then be wise, making, making good use of every opportunity. It really means redeeming the time that you have. Because the days are so evil, you and I, we have every opportunity to use every moment and every day of our lives and use it for evil doesn't necessarily mean you're off doing something terrible, but when you're living for yourself, when you're living for your own pleasure, when you're living to, you know, build yourself up, to build your own name up, that's evil because that is not of God. And so we must be wise so that we might use every moment, every day of our lives and to use it for him, to worship him, to make much of him and to stand up for the truth. And when I read the scriptures and it talks a lot about, you know, the spirit falling upon someone or the spirit filling up someone, oftentimes it goes hand in hand with this. The person, the servant of God is filled with the spirit and the, per- the servant is given words and the boldness to speak and proclaim the truth of God. When a servant is filled with the Holy Spirit, oftentimes a servant is raised up, empowered to speak the truth and to speak the words of God, no matter how unpopular it was at the time, no matter how much opposition the servant faced, when the spirit fell upon a person, a servant, and when the spirit filled the person, the person stood up and proclaimed the truth of God, no matter what the cost in life or in death. And this message couldn't be more relevant to Pilgrim Church today. Because Pilgrim Church, God has given us the opportunity to stand up for what is the word of God. We believe the truth is found in the word of God. It's an entirety. The word of God spoken by the living God is truth. And as a church, we have decided we will... We will place our lives, our ministry, our church upon the word of God and only the word of God. But see, it's tough. Because when I read the scripture, it, sh- it shows me, even from Genesis, that the definition of marriage as God defines it in the word, in the way that he intended it, marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman. And anything outside of that is outside the will of God, which means it is a sin. But see, our our world and culture has said, no, 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 no. That means you are being narrow-minded. That means at that point, you are no longer loving. How dare you call yourself a Christian? How dare you call yourself a follower of a God who is all-loving when you turn away from those who have decided they love, a man would love another man, and a woman would love another woman. But see, it is not a matter of love. Because we're all sinners, aren't we? We all fall short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a savior. It's not a matter of love. It's a matter of truth and being uncompromising in the truth. 
And that is why we have decided to leave the denomination. And yeah, we're hitting some rough spots in this journey, but the Lord is empowering us to be strong and to be bold and standing up for what the Lord says. And what the Lord says is the truth. And as we continue to persevere in this, we shine as light in the darkness, as Paul says. Walk in light. Be imitators of God and walk in light. Walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. As you stand up for the truth, as our church continues to even suffer for the sake of the truth, we will shine his light in the world that is becoming increasingly evil and dark. The last thing that happens when you and I are filled with the spirit, when we are controlled with the spirit is this. It comes at the end of our passage today, but when the spirit fills you, it leads his saints to be full of worship and praise. What flows out of us when you and I are controlled by the spirit, when we yield to the spirit, when we're filled, we begin to pour out praise, thanksgiving, in joy. You know, a couple nights ago, I joined the KM, um, KM worship night at 8 o'clock. And to be honest, I first went because I wanted to support, I wanted to support my dad. I said, he has to preach every day for 40, 40 days. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support him. I went there out of duty. But at the end of it, I was just so amazed at the work of God in that place. I just, I was just amazed at, at how God works. And I was walking down the hallway of our church in our lobby at the end of the service. And you know what I heard? This one, these two men were talking in the lobby. And this is what he, what he kept saying. Oh, it's in Korean. I'm going to say it in English, translate in English. He said, oh my gosh, the blessings just keep on coming. The blessings just keep on coming. And I turned the corner and this other lady's like, oh, I'm going to come here every night. This is like, this is better than anything else. I'm, I was so tired when I drove here after work, but leaving here, I am, I am, I feel alive. And then when I walked into the parking lot, like people were hugging each other. People were laughing. People just wouldn't go home. Because they were so glad to be in that place. And I had this thought, wow. When the saints of God are filled with worship, nothing bad can come out of our mouths. There's no room for that. When you are so filled with the spirit that all that pours out is worship and praise and thanksgiving, there's no way a curse could come out. There's no way grumbling could come out. There's no way that bitterness could stay in your heart because the spirit at that point has taken over. Joy has taken over. Worship has taken over. I pray, I pray that Pilgrim Church and EM included, that we will be a church that is filled with the spirit. That all that will flow out is worship and joy and thanksgiving and praise. And that we will be filled with the spirit. We be controlled by the spirit. That we will move where the Lord moves. That we will stand up for the truth no matter what. And that we would look to him to be our strength. To persevere in following after and standing upon the truth. And I believe that we will shine as light. Not to make the name of Pilgrim great. But to make the name of God famous in this place. Brothers and sisters, 
May we practice this week yielding to the Spirit. May we lean in to hear what the Lord's will is. May we have the trust and the faith and the love to obey. And I pray that we would become imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Let's pray together. Father God, we say to you today that there's no one like you. Only you can take what the enemy intended for evil and for discouragement. Only you can take it and turn it around to use it for your glory and to bless your church. God, we thank you for this hardship that we are walking through. Because it is through this that we are becoming even more alive to who you are. God, we'd rather be a church that is going through a difficult time but is on fire for you than be a church who is comfortable and complacent and lukewarm in our worship. We thank you that you have not given up on us. We thank you that you love your church so much that even now, especially now, you are at work within us. God, we ask only, I ask only that every single one of our hearts would be open to you, that we would yield to your spirit that we would desire to be controlled by you, that we might become more and more like you, Jesus, in our wisdom, in our, in our um, purity, and in our love. And even in the way that we live like you, and even in the way that we imitate you, may it be a worship unto you, all for the glory and praise of your awesome name. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.